All right, word. Let's get it. Welcome to the Thibber Bros. You're joined by Murph and Sam. You know, the Knicks are coming down to the line. We're going to try and punch back to the fourth seed. We're in the sixth, and we're going to see what goes on and how to get there and what is in the future and fate of the New York Knicks this week on the Thibber Bros. All right, what's good? What's good? It's Murph here, uh, fresh off a little matinee day, one o'clock game against the Knicks and Hornets. Um, so this was uh, kind of interesting because actually I got my second vaccine at about one forty. So you know I had I had the stream going on on my phone and everything, getting the vaccine and sitting in that waiting room where they make you wait for fifteen minutes just in case you like pass out or whatever. But uh, it's funny, it was like three weeks ago, I think we were playing the Raptors and I got the first one. So both both days lined up with me getting the vaccine. Uh, the Knicks were playing and both days they won. So I think this only spells good things for the future. So, but yeah, big win. Um, 40th win of the season in a shortened season, 72 game season, which is really crazy. Like, just put that in perspective, like, the Knicks were picked to win, I believe it was 22. It was in the low 20s by Vegas. And they've won 40 fucking games. Like, that's that to me is crazy. That, that like, I don't know about you, Sam, but, like, I was probably a little bit more optimistic than most coming into this season. Just, like, I knew R.J. Barrett was going to take a step. Uh, and, like, you just kind of felt that some of these parts that they moved in, like, some of these uh, vets they brought in maybe fit a little bit better and, like, a few improvements. But, I mean, I thought maybe at best we might be able to be sitting around 500 or just under 500. So, I mean, to me it's crazy. But what are your thoughts, like, looking so, back at it now with one – I think we got uh, – we got – is it one game to go? Yeah. One yeah. more game to go against the Celtics. So – yeah, what do you? What are your Against thoughts the on Jalen Brownless Celtics? I know the Celtics, the the fucking plummeting Celtics. That I mean, even with Brown, they were starting to play like absolute dog shit. I mean, they uh, that that's a whole other topic to get into. But that's another thing. Like, who would have thought the Celtics of all teams? You know, a team that's been a contender the last three or so seasons um, would be in this spot. I mean, it, it really is crazy. I mean, I heard Celtics fans are going crazy. They're like, one of them. I saw someone post like. One of them's got to go Brad Stevens or Jalen Brown. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, maybe Stevens, but he's still a decent coach. And, like, Jalen Brown's a first-year all-star. But, anyways, yeah, the Celtics are a fucking mess. They're, they're dropped down to seven. Shout-out to the Knicks have avoided that. The Knicks are at least locked into six right now at this point. Uh, they were in, like, three-way tie with the Heat and the Hawks. So they own the tiebreaker over the Hawks. So, all they need to do is finish with the same record. Again, the Hawks, they have an easy game tomorrow against Detroit. So they'll probably win that, but uh, they do not hold the tiebreaker against the Heat. So we need the Heat to lose to the Bucks tonight. But sorry, yeah, that was just kind of explaining where we're sitting right now. But yeah, what what are your thoughts on again? Like you said, like the Celtics sitting down there at seven. That's crazy. But like, just oh, thoughts on what this season might have been versus what it's become. Honestly, starting this pod and all of the Bros was kind of based off of just like I had zero expectation for them i assumed we were going to do like lottery stuff that's kind of also why i get a little peeved when there's still like the if the knicks don't do this the season is a failure yo that was such bullshit on espn 
that was such bullshit. Yeah. If they don't win a playoff series, is it a failure? Shut the fuck up. The fact that nobody we got thought here, the fact that we're talking about the New York hundreds. at all, seriously, is O'Dub. They need some sort of storyline to make it, it like, oh, could this be a failure? If they, No, shut the fuck up. They're overachieving and they literally aren't like cash trapped or anything. But yeah, anyways, go on with what you were going to say there. Yeah, I completely expected a bad season and to just kind of like do this pod as like a very sarcastic bit of just like, okay, these are all the things that need to do in a monumentous list of things that need to happen for them to be worthwhile. And right. you know what? It's it's for the best for us that they did as good as we did because it kind of pushed us to take this more seriously and stuff. And like as they've been going, like we've been going as well. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, like it's funny because I started listening to a lot of Nick's podcasts over the pandemic and it was exactly how you explained it, how you kind of thought that the way this podcast was going to go and the type of things we'd be discussing is kind of, you know, first year of Tibbs rebuilding, yada, yada. Like I listened to these podcasts over the pandemic when before the bubble happened, there's no basketball, you know, obviously the off season is getting pushed back. Everything's getting pushed back the season itself. And that's what I listened to. Shout out, um, formerly um on posting and toasting now it's the pod strickland podcast nicks fan tv a couple of these ones that i just i'd listen to and like that's the great thing about nicks fans we're always you know they're always going to support the team no matter what's going on but like it was all that stuff like who can we draft like you know what what guys are we bringing into our organization like from front office standpoint like a brock oller a guy from cleveland who is a capologist like who are these different people who are coming in and what are they, what like kind of um, direction are they going to go? That was the big off season topic, the draft, obviously with them taking quickly, which has turned out really well. Obi, who is kind of up and down, but he's been showing better minutes, but Charlie, that's really what it was. It was six all, minutes. exactly. It's all about the off season, but it really has people overlooked. Just Tibbs is going to come in and he's going to try to push this team to play good defense, which has been their calling card all season and really just push these kids and like, you know, I've said it before, but they have a nice, like just the veteran presences on the team, like a Bullock, like guys like, like Taj Gibson, of course, an original Thibba bro, like Rose trading for Rose. Like, I think they said there were 22 and 11 coming into this game since they went in games that Rose played. So that's been a huge impact on this team. They're about like a 500 or just under 500 team before they acquired him. So I think it's been a good combination of those vets that are going to play really solid for you. Um, you know, Randall becoming the cornerstone of the franchise and all that, like, and then having the young players that are starting to buy in, whether it's an RJ quickly, OB has been looking better. So like, yeah. I think people just overlooked the type of what, what a new um, regime can do and like a new culture, building that culture and the you front office. What people were saying like, yeah, do you remember what people were saying, like, before the season started of, like, when Thibs was first announced and stuff? They'd be like, oh, they're going to run RJ into the ground. They're going to give him, like, an exuberant amount of minutes. And, you know, like, all this stuff has kind of panned out. I mean, the thing is, is, like, they're playing minutes. You know what I mean? Like, they're playing those minutes, and they're doing well. I mean, we'll see come playoff time. And I think you did see some of that today. Like, Tibbs definitely mixed it up. Like, it was nice. Uh, we had quickly in Berkeley uh, – I said Berkeley 
Quickly and Burks were out the last couple games. Uh, they returned. I think both returned last game um, against San Antonio. But it's been good to get those two back because, like, even you saw Rose, like, with, with like, Elford Payton just playing, like, complete dog shit like he has most of the season. Um, for some whatever reason, he's still starting. But you saw Rose, like, him definitely shifting to Rose way more minutes, especially too. And I think in this game you saw like he definitely he gave Rose kind of a break in the fourth quarter there. And having Burks back is big because they kind of I've been saying it point Burks. They've been kind of running him in that guard role, in that point guard role down the stretch. And then you can use you can run a lot of offense also. It's a, an- another ball handler in Julius Randle. And it seemed to have been just enough of a balance. Um, so it's good to have that. You know, I just hope this team can get healthy for the playoffs. Hopefully Mitchell Robinson can come back. Um, I haven't heard any updates on that, but I think having Rose quickly and Burks, you got to get Alfred Payton's minutes out. Um, exactly why Alfred Payton's got a lot of minutes. And it's not because of this season. It's because of next season. It's for everybody when New York Knicks gets global television televised. Um, so any star to see that that could be them to see that there is a position, a starting position open for them. Right. I just, I don't get it. I mean, I think some people were kind of inquiring that maybe, you know, they're trying to do right by the guy and they're trying to, you know, there was some sort of like agreement. I mean, they paid the guy like what, like 5 million or something, nothing crazy, but yeah, I, I, I don't see him being on the roster next year. And I just, I really hope that Tibbs either completely minimizes him. He already has like brought down his minutes and everything, or just I'd love to see him completely get off of uh, those minutes completely from Peyton. I mean, he just, you can tell the offense is so different when Peyton, like this is what people who defend him. I'm just like, watch the game. Like, like those minutes that Peyton's in the ball is not moving. Peyton kind of does this thing where he just kind of dribbles the ball back until there's like five seconds left on the shot clock. He doesn't have enough awareness sometimes. I mean, the guy can get to the basket. That's about all I'll say about him. And then he's kind of selective on defense and selective as a playmaker, but I'm just, it's, we need to see less and less of him hopefully come playoff time, but yeah, hopefully this squad can get healthy all at the same time at the right time. because. Let me, use let me show you the minutes. So there's Randall with 46 minutes in the Charlotte game, Bullock with Whew. 40, Barrett 27, Noel 34. Also, Nerland's merchandise is coming up, and it fucking looks nice. Like that Nerland's wall or whatever they call it. It's it's I I was recently criticizing the apparel that New York Knicks has, but now they're kind of they're Recently, they've been pumping out good stuff. Now that there's actual chatter and like more eyes on. The I got, I got, uh, I got like a, a bit of a business background, but I think that uh, I have an idea for some Nerlens Noel merch. Yeah. So I've been tweeting a lot. Nerlens Noel. So I think we need a image of Nerlens Noel going up from one of those like big time blocks again. Shout out Nerlens Noel who's been magnificent with, with Mitch Robinson. I think he had, what do you have? Five blocks tonight. He um, has five blocks. Yeah. Two steals. I mean, he's, he's been getting these timely blocks, just playing really solid on defense. I still, I prefer Mitch when he's healthy in that starting role, but I mean, he's been invaluable, you know, being able to slot him in there and have a guy that's still going to protect uh, the basket and all that. But my merch idea. So I, I always tweet Nerlens Noel when he gets a big block because this man isn't taking any L's. 
I want to see just him fully, you know, with the hands up, getting the block. And instead of a ball there, it's going to be an L. And he's just blocking the L. Nerlens, no L. That's my merch idea. I love that. Oh, you know what we got to do is we got to play up the last name because as soon as you said it, it popped the idea in my head. Christmas apparel for next year is the same thing, except he's like blocking Santa or something and like <laughs> like a wrapped up L and just swatting no, that. Well, no, well. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, we'll see. That's That brings up another interesting prospect, um, another interesting topic because Noel is actually a free agent. A lot of these guys are on these short-term deals uh, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, um, Derek Rose. So who out of those guys would you prioritize? For me, I think you got to get Rose back personally. And then I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like, I wouldn't mind bringing them all back, but if one of them, if the price is driven up, I don't know. I, I would maybe pick between Burks and Bullock. And again, I said, I tweeted about this, but the price point might matter. You know what I mean? Like, if you can get Bullock on like a two year, I don't know, $14 million deal or a three year 22, something like that. And, and all of a sudden Alec Burke's just commanding $10 million a year. So you need to pay him like two twenty or three thirty two or something like that. Then that might make a difference. Like does that extra money going to Burke's like, is it worth it? Or would you want to bring in Bullock on a more reasonable contract? So it might come down to one of those two. And then Noel, I'd love to bring him back if he if he if it's a, a price for a backup center. Again, he he didn't make a lot of money, so you'd think maybe he's earned a little bit of a of a pay increase. But who would you prioritize out of those uh free agents? And I might be leaving, I'm trying to think if I'm leaving anyone else out. And then I guess also you can opt into Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randall's contracts, but do you want to extend either one of those players? So what, what would you prioritize out of the well, I mean, those? I, I think like yeah. I think you need to make a statement by extending Julius Randle just to show everyone how appreciative it is and to everyone else that like he's gonna be here. Are you interested? I don't yeah. know, like for Noel and uh Burks and everyone, like I don't I kind of feel that a lot of these kiddos they're doing great. They might be expendable. So it depends on if they're searching or if anybody is asking to get into the organization, because like they are good, but with us seeing how legit we are, I think there may be upgrades to be made. I couldn't tell you exactly who yet, but like, right. Yeah. I do think that like these may not to be as extreme as E Payton, but they could be placeholders. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see them, you know, you might not bring to get back to like that entire crew, but I agree with the Randall thing, get him locked in. Uh, you know, you're going to pay him a max contract, but it's not, it's not the super max. I don't think like th- this is the thing I was like t- talking to people about. There's like, there's different levels of max contracts. Like I think to be eligible for the super max, you have to play like five years in your home, the team that drafted you. And like you, you either need like a first, team all nba or like you need an all nba or like two all-star games or like it's so it's kind of weird like that so i don't think he quite qualifies for that super max but i would do that how long he stays here because he was drafted by the lakers that he can't get to the full super max there might be another thing that supersedes that like if he makes a certain amount of all-star games or that like that's what i mean there's like different levels and it's kind of weird like there's these weird like kind of rules that go along with it as there is with a lot of um 
cap related things in the NBA. You know, it's just kind of there's a lot of nuances and stuff to it, which is why you got a guy like Brock Oller, who the Knicks have. And, you know, every team seems to have one of these like capologist guys that just that's their job is to just break it down and all what if this happens or that and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I, I agree with the Randall thing. Um, the Mitchell Robinson one is interesting because I think he's been phenomenal. You know, he's another guy like a second round pick, like him and quickly are guys that, you know, Knicks have been able to scoop up uh, quickly. Obviously was later in the first round and uh, Mitchell Robinson was a second round pick, but both guys that I believe they were both five-star recruits and they kind of just, you know, Mitchell Robinson didn't go to college for the year. He just kind of trained. So he dropped and then quickly, he had a bad freshman year, then a, he had a, a really good uh, sophomore year. But those two guys, you know, that were big finds for the Knicks, like when you can get guys like later in the draft like that. But Mitchell Robinson, like it seems like, like uh, Knicks fans are torn. A lot of people are like, I wouldn't give him 10 million. I was saying I would give him like 10 million, like eight to 11 million dollars a year. I think it'll be a reasonable contract if you give him like three or four years. And honestly, I think if you if you opt in and he plays super well and you're another contender next year, he's going to require more money. Like, I think he's really going to get paid. He could get paid more than that because he's got a valuable archetype of center in the NBA. Just the guy who can get get you like a ton of blocks, like rim defend, like athletic. You can toss it up to him like. So I, I don't know. I, I Like, that's that's definitely a big point of debate for Knicks fans. Some just want to opt into the last year, but I don't know. I would, I would maybe even think about extending him, but you're right with the point of like, it depends on what's available there. Is there a star that might want to get traded? Cause now you hear all these rumblings of like different teams might be interested uh, or different players. Or it's like the Knicks are basically on players radar, which is like what a lot of Knicks fans have been screaming forever is like, you know, the whole thing where, oh, the Knicks aren't cool anymore. I think, was it Durant said that? And like, and Durant said it's an people. uncool team. And like, it's all bullshit. It's like, yeah, nobody's gone there because they've been a shit show of an organization. They can't hold on to a coach from for a year, for any longer than a year. Like, you know, like th- they got, you know, they didn't have any money to sign guys or when they did they just were in complete like they're they basically their free agency pitches to guys was hey we're complete shit but we happen to have money this season so lebron or you know Kawhi or whoever the fuck it is like you should just go here and like durant like actually that they were saying that they actually the knicks like dropped out of the durant thing supposedly who knows but supposedly they dropped out because of the Achilles injury they didn't want to pay him the money who knows but their their pitch was basically like yeah we have all this money and it's New York well now it's oh we have a legitimate coach we have a roster with with players that you know fight and play good defense so you know you're right about that it's like it depends on what's going to be out there I mean we know who's going to be available in free agency and it's not a super stacked class but I don't know. I had a poll on our page about DeMar DeRozan. Uh, didn't get a ton of votes, but um, I think 66, 68% said that they would be willing to sign DeRozan to a short-term deal. So that's something that they could possibly do. Uh, we just played the Spurs um, last game, actually. And uh, so there's some things they could do to try to make improvements. But it's like, do you – I think this is like a big debate. And, like, let me ask you your thoughts on this. 
would you try to bring in a guy like a DeRozan or maybe it's a guard like a Kyle Lowry or a Dennis Schroeder, someone who's going to command a decent, like a, you know, a healthy contract, not a max contract and is going to help your team. Or if it's trade, maybe you trade for a Brogdon or someone like that. Or would you rather hold on, hold out, like, you know, make minor, maybe draft the kid in the drafts, hold on to your draft pick, um, maybe sign like a few minor improvements and then just hold out for like maybe a superstar becomes available in a year or via trade because they want out of the situation. So what is your thoughts on it? And I know a lot of people say you can do a little bit of both, but what do you, what are your thoughts on that? So I'm kind of worried because they're almost in the same boat as little, little tangent of the giants in New York. They have now have two first round picks for next year. So if they want to make a move, they, they can, but I don't know, like with the Knicks, they have such like a membrane that everything's fine right now. Like it's like, it's growing. I just, I'm worried that if you sacrifice the sale to like get like a good rudder, you're not going to like go anywhere. Like I'm worried, I'm worried that we're going to give too much or like, we're just going to like, we're going to sacrifice too much. Almost like, like how, Brooklyn, what they did when they took out Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, big needs that the team had. And like, yes, you got James Harden. Yes, they're going to be a very good offense and all that. But any other team that makes that kind of lucrative, huge trade, there's a residue left of what it took to get that to the team, you know? So, so you're saying you would rather go for like maybe sign someone. There's not a superstar necessarily on the market unless Kawhi randomly decides he wants to opt out, which he could. I doubt he will. But um, listen, the, the Lakers are going to punch the Clippers in the dick so hard that it is going <laughs> to implode the team. That's kind of what I've been saying for a couple of weeks now is that I, I kind of do intend on that happening. Because unless there's a superstar that has genuine, genuine interest and it's mutual and they're not just going to like kind of steal all our cap, then I'm all for it. Like, Man, the but- Clippers are, I mean, if they, if that happens and they actually have to like reset, I mean, they're pretty fucked because they gave up, like they mortgaged the entire future. But anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, so, you know, so you would rather just like bring in a guy that you don't have to trade for and give up a ton of assets for and bring in someone who's going to like help the roster, like, uh, like an improvement of like, uh, you, like instead of Bullock, you got DeRozan as your starter. Oh, yeah. I would, I would love, I'd love a premier sharpshooter. Also like DeRozan. I mean, he's got that mid range game. My thing with DeRozan is I don't think he's quite the player he used to be, but he's still a guy that like, you could look for for offense, especially at the end of the game, who can create a shot and that sort of thing. So that's why I said, like, I would sign him, but I like, like you said, like, I don't want to like be locked in on a guy like that for like four or five years and like kind of be stuck on that contract. Like I would, I would sign him to like maybe a two with a, a third year option, team option, something like that. But I don't even know if that's the route I would go, but you're right and it's like the the two uh they got the two picks which will probably be like around the 20s uh 15 something like that i'm I'm doing a podcast second going outside but yeah um they got the two picks so they got like a lot of different 
like routes they could go with that. Like, do they trade up? You know, use both of those picks to trade up higher into the draft, or do you use that, you know, as trade bait or something like that? So it'll be interesting to see what they do, like come off season. But you know, let's again, we 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 got into some of the off season stuff, but let's focus on the present here. And I mean. The Knicks, they had that tough West Coast trip, lost a couple to Phoenix. Uh, there was that Lakers game, man. That was tough. That was tough. I was at the casino, and I was, like, playing blackjack. I'm doing good. I'm, like, up. I'm, like, running back and forth, like, checking the game. And, like, Randall hits that big shot, and then there was the travel call and everything. But I don't know. Uh, I still think that, like, there hasn't been any necessarily, like, really bad losses. They just were playing good teams on the West Coast. Man, that, I don't know if you saw – did you watch the Clippers game or saw some of that? That was – I mean, that was a legitimate win. I mean, the Clippers, they – I mean, George and Kawhi were healthy. Yeah, I saw that, and, and that was like – were out for that game. So, they yeah. got some legit wins in the West Coast trip. I so, was – I was surprised. That is a genuine steal that we have. But, like, I can't – I don't know to the confines of what the game is because it's like the Clippers – had so much less at stake and like you know what it it cost the lakers kind of a penny to win that game because like we gave um anthony davis a groin injury and like he's i think he's like fine now but like i bet you the clippers the the society the country of load management wasn't willing to risk things to like really like go toe-to-toe with us so like when we were winning and stuff they weren't gonna like kind of punch us back you know Right. We are at the point of the season where it's like, you know, there are still teams fighting like for positioning in either trying to get in or out of the plane. At this point now, we're pretty much almost locked in Uh, besides maybe some like teams switching seeds. I'm pretty sure like we know who's going to be in the plane versus uh, who's not. But yeah, I mean, it's like... uh, it's gotten to that point of the season. Like the Raptors have com- are completely tanking. Like they weren't even playing fucking Gary Trent Jr. or like anybody. Um, and then you're right. Like the teams that like I think the Clippers are pretty much locked into that uh, three seed, right? I want to say. Yeah. Oh my god. In the did, West. Did you so see? That's the, what they're basically going to be. Did you see the Pelicans and Golden State lineup or like the um, featured player that they're going to have versus the other person? It was it was just a picture of Steve Kerr, right? Steve Kerr versus yeah. Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> the fucking goons. And like Damn, I, the, the entire comment That's section wild. was just like, yeah, I hope that Kerr does lace up. Do it. Drop 40 on him. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't know. Yeah, the Knicks, like, they that Lakers game was tough. The over time loss but I mean they bounced right back against San Antonio I believe they were down like in the fourth quarter at one point and uh, so that was a good win and then Julius just dominated the Hornets sixth triple double of the season I think it was only Clyde and Michael Richardson had more triple doubles in the season so he uh, Julius the- had a huge game first Noel doing his thing on defense you know yeah. First Nick since Mello to have a 30-point triple-double. Yeah. I mean, he's been a beast. And, like, just the way he, – he was making these, like, absurd passes in the fourth quarter. Like, 
they were obviously trying to key in on him as a lot of teams do. They try to take away, you know, take away his shot and make someone else make it happen. But I mean, he was like, he's crazy. Like, you know, he's driving to the basket and next thing he like kicks it out to Burks. And then I think it was the, I think he had three consecutive assists there. And then it was Bullock who was normally his main target, kicking it out to the three point line. And then he even had a nice dime inside to Nerland's you no, know, well, I don't know. His playmaking, too, has been just like putting up 24 points a game on good shooting splits from three. And he's like, so there was around 40% or just shy of 40% from three. So, you know, we'll see if he can continue that. But yeah, I think he's a legitimate star at this point, And it's a guy you can hopefully get you know, a second star to go alongside him. And, and maybe his Randall's best role in the future is as that second option. But, you know, maybe you get another a guard star or another wing star to put alongside him. And then you got RJ Barrett. Can develop. I think I think he has fixing into the playoffs. Um you know, we'll have to see. We're rooting for Milwaukee big tonight. They're playing the Heat. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. So, we're, we're either going to be playing – we have a chance of dropping down to six and playing the Bucks, or we have a chance of slotting in there at four or five and playing either the Hawks or the Heat. So, um, I think, obviously, you want to avoid playing the Bucks round one. But, like, I thought about it recently and, like, every what's the best matchup and all this shit. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't even care who we play at this point. Like we're going to, you know, this team's going to like fight and they're going to play well. And it's like, that's, you know what I mean? It's like, just bring on whoever it is. But I think obviously you want to try to avoid playing the bucks in round one. That's just me personally. And uh, the heat, I would say would probably be this, the team, like I don't, I don't think that the Knicks, the Knicks obviously have a shot against the Heat. They're not going to be favorites, but I think Boston, just the way they've been playing and having Jalen Brown out as well, is uh, is a big detriment to them. So I'd say probably the the Celtics would be the best matchup. Uh, but I'm I'm ready for like whoever it is at this point. I'm not yeah. gonna like, you know, be so scared the, of any team. The, it updated. We are as of right now the fourth seed again. And that's well, all you know what? Yeah, because we're tied with the Hawks, right? And we yeah, have the tiebreaker with tie the Hawks because we beat, I think we won. Did we play him three times and we won two out of three? I know we beat him at, at least, least two out of three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we hold the tiebreaker on them. The Heat, we lost a couple like really close games. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be, you know, I, I like them, whatever team it is, bring it on. But obviously, uh, you want to get that four or five seed and avoid the Bucks in the in the first round. So, you know, we'll see how that develops. Again, we're big Bucks fans tonight because we want to see them beat the Heat. But um, yeah, getting back to some of these games we just played, like we played San Antonio. That's like an interesting young team, but like they kind of I was talking about this, like they're at kind of a crossroads with like Popovich, obviously the legendary coach. Being um, how old is he now? Like he's like the oldest coach in the NBA. I'm pretty sure. I think he's in his 80s and DeRozan becoming a free agent. But they got some good young players like uh, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray. So they're at kind of a crossroads. Pop is then, 72 years old. 
72. Okay. He's younger than I thought, but still, still getting up there. So I'm not really sure what he's going to be doing, but I forget if they were able to slot in at one of those uh, playing games or not, but they were like hovering around 10 or 11. But again, it was kind of like, it's a different year. And like, you saw like LeBron bitching about the plane once he had to be a part of it. But in reality, it does help with tanking to some extent, not fully because you still saw teams go full tank like OKC. They decided to tank like a month or longer ago. Toronto, people were arguing with me a couple weeks ago if they were tanking. They're obviously tanking. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like it kept certain teams in because they're close enough to that 10 seed. And it made things interesting for sure down the stretch. But I don't know. I thought it was pretty weak of LeBron. Like, don't like if you're going to complain about it, complain about it from the beginning. Say this is stupid. Don't like wait until, oh, now my team dropped to seven. So I'm going to bitch about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. But I'm not a LeBron hater or anything. I just thought that was kind of like a stupid stance on his part. He's just like, you know, just you're going to have to deal with it, whatever. But actually, let me take a look at the standings because I want to see what those playing games are. Because I do think the idea of like a of a win and you're out is 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 going to be pretty crazy. Again, it's set up so the seven and the eight play each other. Winner gets the seven seed and then loser plays the winner of the nine versus the ten. But it's like weird. So like the higher seed in the second matchup gets uh only has to win one game versus the lower seed has to win two games. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a different, it's not like a complete one and done type of thing. But uh so right now the Celtics are at seven, Hornets are at eight, Wizards are at nine, but they have the same record as the Hornets actually. So they actually could potentially get that eight seed and the Pacers are also 33 and 38 at 10. So there actually could be some movement between the 8 and 10. But, I mean, that'd be – I mean, it's going to be, like, pretty crazy to see this, like, play out. And then in the West, the Lakers – so it would be the Lakers-Warriors to see who gets the seven seed right now as it stands. The Grizzlies are right behind them. So, yeah, the Spurs do have that 10 spot. They have that uh, – so they, they just squeaked in to the plane. But I don't know. Who do you, who do you think, like – what are, let me ask you your thoughts on uh, the Wizards because they've been obviously playing well. Um, of so, course, when we needed them to beat the Hawks, Bradley Beal was out for two games, and you know Russ broke the record, but you know they didn't do us any favors by beating the Hawks. But what do you think on their recent surgence and you know the whole Russell Westbrook thing and everything? So, in it's it's a lot. I think they are a lot better in the play-in bracket versus how mixed up it is in the um, West. So, like, there's – I don't think there's a way that Indiana is going to pop out against Washington, even with the addition of Karis LeVert. Um, And, like, I I don't know because Boston is on the decline. Um, They may find a way to go from seven and not all the way to, like, the ninth seed. and then just kind of tank a bit more. Charlotte is the only thing that I could possibly see, like take out Washington. But then again, like, I just, I don't know with Beal. It's like the star power. I've, I've been saying it's like the, um, the discount um, store brand version of the Brooklyn big team. But like, I, it's tough. I don't know if it's enough to like really persevere when teams are just really like giving it your all. 
And, yeah, you know. it, it's gonna the matchup is gonna be big because like I think they can again if they get to that seven or eight, it makes a huge difference because then even if you lose the the game to get the seven seed, you can still you still only have to win one against whoever wins the nine or ten. So that makes a huge difference. So we gotta see what happens there. But I kind of agree with you. It's like they have that upper echelon star power with those two guards, but it's like does is your team the rest of the team around them good enough? like to play a team that's fully, you know, giving it its all in a, in a do or die type of situation, but you never know. I mean, I, I might actually take them over the Celtics yeah. if that was a matchup, but then if they have yeah. to beat them twice, then it's a different story because you could have Tatum going off on you. In the, you know best what I mean? case like, scenario. You drop 50 on you and you lose the second game. All right, let's hear, let's hear your best all case right. scenario. Best case scenario is if Brooklyn stays where they are, and then Washington at least kind of either bumps up. I think they have to bump up to seven for this to work. Oh, wait, no, they can't do that, can they? I think the highest they can get is they can get the eight seed, in which case they'd be playing the seven. Oh, wait, no, it's because seven, seven to eight play, and then they would win. If they beat Boston, they're the seventh seed. Exactly. So, so conditionally is the name of the game. Conditionally, they get to the eighth seed. They win the play-in, giving them the seventh. And then they punch up Brooklyn. They probably the super are not going to win, but they they're playing a super offense versus another super offense. So just to see like how that's scoring and think, because like I can't imagine how much defense is going to be done that. And like just if they actually make Brooklyn work for it, and they just start the decline of just like wearing down that team in the long road that Brooklyn's going to have for the long run they're going to have in the playoffs, and they just. Right they just kind of start doing the damage that we kind of need all the teams to do to them um, to see if they're either going to earn it all the way or if yeah, they, like they triple away at it. them, like make them work. And then obviously the health is going to come down to, it's going to be huge for them along with the, every team. I mean, there's been an absurd amount of injuries this season. It really has been, I've just been calling it the season of injuries because, you know, a lot of these teams that were in the bubble, it's a short layoff from the bubble to this season. But, uh, you know, Harden comes back healthy. Um, you know, he's been playing. They've been really not playing in big minutes, but he's back. So, again, that's going to be huge. But you're right. If they get tougher matchups there in that first round. But it is crazy because you see some of these, like, super talented teams that are falling into that seven or eight. Like, in the West, like the Lakers. And, and I don't think the Warriors are a great team, but they have a great player. They have an MVP caliber player in Steph Curry, which just having that, you know, in a, it, it, it's it's like going back to Steph's days at Davidson. Like, this guy's going to try to drop 60 on you. And, like, he doesn't have a talented team around him, but he might will he might just will that team to a win, that Warriors team. So, yeah, it'll like be this, interesting, like, to see if, like, it is the Lakers-Warriors. Like, that's obviously going to be, you know, a great game, and it's going to probably do absurd TV numbers. So, I think the NBA is loving this from their standpoint because I think the numbers were down in the bubble last year. So, yeah, that, that could be huge if that happens. And then, you know, I think the Grizzlies, I, I would pick them over the Spurs. And, like, the Grizzlies are a good young team. They're not going to just roll over or anything. You know what I mean? So, I, I do like the playing, to be honest with you. If the Knicks fell into it, I'd be like, of course, the one year the Knicks make the playoffs, they have to – they don't get guaranteed a spot. You know what I mean? But I think, like, if you look at it objectively and it doesn't negatively affect your team, I think it is a good thing because those teams always are, like, are around the same level. But I don't know. 
it, it'll play out interesting though that especially if we get a Lakers uh, Warriors matchup to see who gets the seven seed. But what are your thoughts out West there with that? I mean, I, I said there's legit four or five teams. I think that could win the West this year. If the Lakers are healthy, obviously they're the favorite in my eyes, but I think the Suns have a shot. I think the Clippers a hundred percent have a shot. I don't know if they'll figure it out this year, but they, they've been passing the ball a little bit more. I mean, I think the Blazers, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sold on, but they got, They've been to the Western Conference Finals before. They have a, you know, pretty deep team. So I, I mean, I think it's there's some teams that have a legit shot, you know, out of the West. So, what do you think about the playing in the West and just how it's shaping out, um, out West? I mean, with uh, Murray out with Denver, I can't really see that as being a very fearful team. Yeah, that's why I didn't mention just, them because. Yeah. I mean, they're still an amazing team. And we saw the Knicks play them. That was one of the losses they had. And they were, frankly, outmatched by the by Denver. I mean, they're still a great team without Murray because Jokic is just an unbelievable talent. It's like he's similar to what, honestly, what Randall's done for the Knicks, except even a little bit on higher numbers. You know what I mean? And yeah. a little – I don't know the efficiency numbers, but, like, he – you know, the, just a center, a big that can – like actually like handle the ball like he can shoot it he can do everything and he's just unbelievable passer but they're still good I mean we saw the Knicks get outmatched by them but um I do agree with you I think it's gonna be tough without Murray without that lead guard like they brought in Austin Rivers which shout out former Nick Austin Rivers who was pissed you could tell when uh I don't know if you saw this but he had a couple threes and he was like getting into it with Randall and shit it was kind of funny, actually. Like, he always I, – I said this. Like, Austin Rivers only plays well in fucking revenge games. But, anyways, like, that's not going to be a replacement that's going to account for for what Murray was for that team, especially what he was in, in like, the – in the bubble last year. But, yeah, what, so what do you think? Like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But, like, I agree with you on Denver, though. Like, they're still a great team. But I don't know how, what their chances are without Murray in the playoffs. Insult to injury – um oh, fuck. What, what was his name you literally just said him i'm gonna get there just austin like, rivers austin rivers insult to injury um we got nothing for him because we just dropped him we did actually get a second round pick we we did trade him which i think was a brock aller move which is the guy i was telling you he was kind of like the cap nerd guy because he always yeah. does these moves where it's like and i like that it's like okay this guy can actually provide value on a team so they actually traded him, but they traded him to um, Oklahoma City, who I think – I don't even know why Oklahoma City did the trade. I think they did it because it was a three-team trade and they were able to, like, get rid of someone they didn't want on their roster anymore. But basically, they got a second-round pick out of that, and then um, OKC just cut ties with him because they – obviously they're trading, they don't need him. And then uh, he signed with Denver. But, yeah, I don't know. He, I, I thought it was funny that he was – you know, he did that whole thing. But – you got to come on like Rose was a huge upgrade over him and maybe it was maybe it was Peyton that rightfully should have been cut out after the Rose trade but it is what it is you know what I mean it, he, they didn't sign him to a huge contract they were able to get cut him loose and get a second round pick out of it oh well but yeah I mean the Knicks I, like we said how you know some people were saying that oh is what is their season of success? And like other fan bases is, is like ESPN saying is the season success if they lose in the first round, like 
basically other fan bases like shitting on the Knicks just for making the playoffs and being happy about it. And it's like this team is above where we thought they are. They're ahead of the curve right now. And uh, we got to trust in this front office. But shout out, did you see Mike Breen made the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame and like the whole squad was there, like yeah. <laughs> even the owner Dolan and um, Leon Rose. Like it was just like a, a bunch of like uh, like uh, chubby Italian guys. It was hilarious. Just like all like huddled around. And then obviously like uh, Mills and uh, I think Mills and Perry might have both been there as well. But uh, it was funny. But uh, yeah, shout out Breen inducted in the Hall of Fame. Legends, absolute legend, calling the bang shots. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we got to trust in this front office. We'll see. We're playing with house money right now, as they say, in the playoffs. So we'll see what they can do with the house money. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Oh, one thing I do kind of want to touch on is we talked about the draft. Again, we have Dallas's pick and our pick, which are kind of around the same based off of the standings right now, not lottery picks, but like around 20 or so. And uh, I did a little poll on uh, who people might want um, on the roster um, come draft time. So it was Sharif Cooper and um, Josh Christopher. So that'll be an interesting one. Those are two guards I would be interested in drafting um, at that spot there. Maybe you might have to trade up for one of those guys. So I wouldn't mind if the Knicks did that. Again, they got the two picks, but – Sharif Cooper's like a six foot one guard, um, kind of fits like Tibbs archetype, like plays good defense, just a hustler, all around solid player. And then Josh Christopher from, uh, I believe he went to, do you go to Arizona? I forget, but um, he's a good young player. He's more of like a, like a bigger guard, like six, four, six, five. And uh, he can score the ball. Well, I don't think he was too efficient in his lone year at college, but uh, he's been known about for a while. So, I had a little poll about that, and I think I think Sharif Cooper was winning by a little bit, but those are a couple guys to keep an eye on. And um, but you never know; the Knicks might end up using those um, those picks in some sort of package. So we'll have to see how that turns out. But do you have anything you want to discuss or shout out? Any move you want the Knicks to make? Um, anything like that? You had your R.J. Barrett thing that you wanted. Or like, is there anything else? Talk to the fans for a moment, whoever's listening. Um, we want to start doing the Twitter spaces. We want to start talking to you. Um, you can just DM us and we'll probably just let you on the show if you're interested. Um, but other than that, help us get to 600. We just got to like 480. And when you hit 600, you're allowed to do spaces in which we can have um, a live chat room with followers of Twitter, like right on Twitter. So that's what our goal yeah. is. 100%. We want to get people on the show. We want to get all the Thibba bros, everyone who's been interacting with us on Twitter and just repping the Knicks and just NBA Twitter in general. We want to hear from some other fan bases too, but we'll get some people to call in and uh, yeah, that'll be good. All right. We'll see you next week. And thanks for joining in, dropping in on this week on the Thibba bros. Tibbs out. Tibbs out.